If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I'm here today with my really good friend, Rachel Perry. Thanks for being here again. Yes, I'm happy It to. has been four long years. I know, right? Since we podcasted. So much is, yeah. You were one of my very first podcasts. I know. Way back when That's pretty awesome. Yeah, in your kitchen. Yeah, in my kitchen <laughs> with all the echoey. It was awesome. And then my son listened to it and said, this hurts my ears because it was so echoey. And so then he tried to fix it and he tried to edit job. it. He did it's a hard, job. It's hard when you have this kind of a voice. That was the most listened to podcast to date. Are you serious? I'm wow. serious. That's pretty awesome. I think I'm people very are really interested in finding out. Tell me about <sighs> Carson. Okay, it's been so, four years. Okay, so I'll just give the update of what he has again, just so. But I won't go into the whole story of how he found out and all that, because that was in the previous, I think. But anyway, so he has um, muscle eye brain disease. It's very rare. When we found out, oh, let's see, he's 18 now. We found out the full diagnosis when he was four. It took years, and in the very beginning, it was just like, oh, I think it's just low muscle tone, this, this, blood test didn't show anything. Um, it's about, like I said, I'm not going to go back to all that, but in the end, the final skin biopsy with everything, the MRI, all added up to one thing, and it was called muscle eye brain. And you would think, why didn't they just name it after someone's last name? I mean, why is it that we have this weird, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it affects all these three areas? And a part of it is congenital muscular dystrophy. And so basically, uh, we were told at that time, you know, the fact that he's made it this long, and that was at 16 months, just finding out the brain stuff was a good thing, but he wouldn't make it much longer. Maybe early childhood, and it was just like this big traumatic, horrible time where you were just, yeah, caught blindsided, and we weren't sure what we were going to do. But Anyway, so now, fast forward, we're 18 years, and what's happened since that podcast was a lot, because he's gone through puberty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're just kind of like, you get to a certain point, and we did have, we've always had kind of behavior stuff with him, which is normal, because, you know, when he was born, the whole frontal lobe was blank, which means that we had to teach him right from wrong, this, this, and um, there's some kind of aspects of autism to it. So you just have this whole thing where you've got... Eye abnormalities, which he was one of the lucky ones who wasn't blind. However, in the past five years, one retina has detached and the other one we have to keep an eye on. So he does have blindness now, but he's doing really well with where he's at. Um, The other thing is he never had seizures. He had these kind of panic attack things he would do. But now he has learned how to hold his breath and cause seizures. <laughs> he can cause his own. He can cause them. So they're already in them. Not even, no, not even out of oh. frustration. Like they release endorphins, oh. which gives them a high. So that other thing where he would kind of hurt himself at mm-hmm. times, um, that would give him a high a little bit. Well, now it's like, so you can catch him when he's starting to stare, kind of trigger it. And I can like grab him, say Carson, and he'll kind of laugh and pull himself out of it and he won't do it. Other times... It'll just trigger it, and it, he goes into a seizure, and it's not like a real shaking one. It's just one where he goes into a staring type fit, and he kind of spasms a little, and then he claps and comes out of it. And it's usually only like a minute or so. 
But some of them, terrifying because of that, he's now he'll have them without triadrenum because it's in his diagnosis anyway. Oh. And as he's gone through puberty and his body's changed, I think he's just more susceptible as his body ages to some of this stuff. So we just now are working with that and getting him into um, neurology again and trying to fix some of that. But we hate to, we've got him almost winged off of a lot of medication, which is really good that he's doing better at sleeping at night, things like that, which he really struggled with for years and years up till even a couple of years ago. He still, you know, has some things, but he's doing better in that area. But um, yeah, so we're right now working on the seizure area and the other. And then this week we have a dental appointment because we've got to have them put out and looked at for what's going on with wisdom teeth and stuff like that because he can't tell us. So I'm thinking, you know, if those teeth are in there hurting or whatever, you know, we got to figure things out, make sure there's no cavities. And he's done really well up till now with just normal visits where they would just take them and clean them and look around. But now we're like, we got to do a full blown. So that's where we're at right now. Explain to people who are listening so about his. About his disability. So he, he's non Yeah, non-verbal. he's nonverbal, but he makes noises. So there's certain noises he makes to indicate what he wants. One of them is because he loves going on rides, going in the car, or he does that if he's bored with what we're doing and he needs a change of scenery, so something let you different. Know. Yeah. And then he also, he loves dogs. And we have a little poodle and he's always like, he'll make the noises for dogs because he loves to be around the dogs, things like that. He knows water, like he'll go, he'll gargle for water. And things like that. He loves swimming, things like that. But it's just mostly pointing. Has he learned to sign at all? He wouldn't. Because <laughs> I, I laugh. This, I right? laugh when every I laugh because we've brought in electronic things for him to touch. I mean, it's not like we're like, oh, we just he's fine. Mm-hmm. We've tried, we've tried everything. everything they've had, and we're well aware that his brain is thinking at at least a three year level. But he just. Um, uses his own stuff. So we're all used to it. And then when he goes to like a new school, a new class, we kind of have to explain this is what this means. This is, you know, and he does really well with, um, yeah, he, he lets you know, no, you know, if he wants to, if he wants to do something, he claps a lot for what he wants. And he, uh, he's very active in the sense that we take him and do stuff with him all the time. So he's not like, he he gets a lot of activity. I joke and I say, this kid probably gets more activity than most kids. He really does. He's very lucky for that aspect, not for all the other stuff that, but at that aspect of his life, mm-hmm. he has a lot of family um, support, a lot of um good people in his life and he gets lots of opportunities which is great because his life isn't easy he is aware sometimes like i'll know there's kids that are very unaware and people feel so sad like oh just you know if they could do this this and i understand that but the sad thing is watching him when he is so aware and is aware that he can't walk he can't talk the frustrations of that which lead to depression and things like that in children like him with disabilities. I know I was wondering, you said that his brain function and his reason, his ability to reason is about at a three-year-old level? Yes, that's what we're kind of thinking. Okay. It's about three years old. So he's kind of in that so toddler he's, phase. So he's in that toddler phase, <laughs> which is frustrating. So he understands yeah. what he can't do, but not why. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's the biggest thing hard. I try not to focus on as a parent, because if I, I, it just breaks my heart and it makes me so, that's the emotional area where I'm like, Oh my gosh, to just feel like you wanted to say something. So you're, we're always guessing, we're giving these ideas. And usually we have to say, okay, is this, this, rule out everything. If he's not feeling well, is it because he's got a headache? So he's prone to headaches and migraines with his brain. 
Is his stomach hurting? Is he hungry? Is he thirsty? You just have to go through the whole thing. And I remember one time he was just acting so upset and I couldn't figure out. And then all of a sudden he just throws up. And I'm like, oh, he has the flu. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, that's the hard part is he can't just say. And so you're just always just trying to figure it out and hope that he, and hope that you're getting it somewhere. And I'm sure one day he's going to say, listen, this is this what is I what meant I for the hundredth time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so frustrating. When you get but... to have the conversation, it would be really nice. Someday. Oh, my gosh. Someday. Yes. I just sit there and I think, and I don't know, everyone has different beliefs and my beliefs are different, you know, mm-hmm. but there's just that hope that one day, you know, you'll see them in different life. And I don't even know how much I believe anything at times, but there, you just still hold on to that hope about, you know, seeing him and embracing him and that whole thing they say but I don't really yeah I don't know what's going to happen but so we just do every day is it's a visit your last mm-hmm. that's how we just live and you know what that's really for anybody anybody can be gone in just two seconds you it know really can. so I think he's just made us hyper aware that that can happen and so we really do just try to embrace what we can and some of the days are the hardest days ever so I'm not trying to glorify this this has been the most joyful most hard experience I've ever had in my life. And it continues. And I just try not to think too far into the future and just kind of, but yeah, just take it, as people say, day at a time, hour at a time, time, minute minute at a time, time. because you just, yeah, you never know. Rachel, after talking to you a couple of years ago, because I, we grew up, well, we grew up. Yeah, we, I know what you mean. We started our, our lives <laughs> yeah. as young married people yeah. um, on the same street in Kingston. Yeah, yeah. And I remember... In Hess Farms. In Hess Farms. <laughs> love that neighborhood. Yeah. I remember, you know, going over to your house and meeting with you and visiting you and, and just being right. young and, and completely clueless. I oh didn't... I had no idea how how physically challenging it was yeah. to have a child like Carson. What I really loved about having the opportunity to interview a couple of years ago was my takeaway from that experience was that not only not only is he such a blessing in so many ways right but i felt like you'd been prepared to be his mother oh well, that's with nice. your life experiences and so yeah. i wanted to ask you kind of about your upbringing and your my upbringing your, okay. your experiences so i don't have like a normal past of just following a cookie cutter lifestyle i was just always so i grew up in a family of four girls and then my mom and my dad And my dad um, suffered from depression and some of that stuff kind of. So my mom was like the joy maker. And my dad was wonderful in so many ways, but he just had a lot of hard things happen in his life. So a big thing about growing up was my mom would always light candles, have music going, just try to create a happy atmosphere and that joyful feeling, even when things were rough. And it got rough at times. Um, But and I think that's just what I've carried with me throughout my life. I I was married young and that marriage didn't work out. And that was that the person I was married to was actually a very great person, whatever. But we were just going different directions and we didn't have kids. And we just decided to kind of call it. It was kind of like a, a quick marriage type thing Then I got married for a longer span. And that had its own things. But um, learning experiences throughout it. I've been married now for five years. So this is my third marriage. And I just laugh because people, you know, when they talk about people who've been married, I don't see it as a big deal at all. Because in my opinion, we all go through seasons of life. And if you're with someone and that works out well and you adjust to each other's changes, then that's great. But I feel like this is your shot at life now. We don't know what happens after that. 
So all these experiences and some of the, I've lived in South Carolina and then I've been here most of my life has shaped me into realizing my mom teases me because I have like a couple of totes where people, some people have tons of memory boxes. I don't because I just feel like I live mostly in the moment, pictures, things like that. And I've just learned from this whole experience that you just kind of take life as it is and make the most of what you have. And mm -hmm. then you and then you just kind of uh, find the good and what you can. And believe me, when people are like, you're so happy and cheerful and whatever, my feelings are, I don't always feel that way. I've been depressed. I've been sad. I feel there are times where I'm like, I don't want to really continue doing this. I don't want to watch this happen to my son. I don't want to see him go blind. I don't mm -hmm. want to see him pass away. There's so many things that go with all that that really bring you into a dark place. And just and that beyond that, just normal life of stuff. And when my dad passed away from pancreatic cancer within a week when he was 65, so I was 33, I think it really ripped me apart at the time. And I just think, um, and then with that with Carson, and back then when that happened with my dad, he and Carson were inseparable. Carson was four, and my dad had never had so much joy, it seemed, in his life until he was with Carson. That's really And neat. so it was really hard to see that. So I just felt like there was, there's been so many things in life that is like, well, this isn't fair. This isn't right. And I felt all that stuff. And I've been angry and mad and frustrated. But where did it get? Where does it get you? Nowhere. I mean, in the end, you're just miserable. So, yeah, I look for the small. I mean, like I've said before, if there's um, you always have to have something to look forward to, even if it's the smallest thing. And that's I how I live. And even if so every week I look at my week and I think, OK, well, this is going to be a bigger deal. This is going to be hard. So let's throw this into it or let's have this fun thing or let's try to do this. And it's not always money, big money things at all, but it's just something that's like we're going to do this. And it'll be fun. And when people are like, you do so much fun stuff with Carson, I'm like, most of it's free. And it's stuff that anyone can do. And some people are probably doing that stuff. You just have to refocus on, you know, this was a terrible week or this was hard. But look what we did here. And we had a lot of fun. And maybe it was only a few hours. But focus on that because that's what you got to do in this life. You really do. How? So where did you learn that skill? Because that's a skill. Well, I... it's, it's not something that everyone can really pick themselves up and do. I think that when you've been at your darkest moments and you kind of can pull yourself out of that, it gives you the confidence to trust yourself. To trust yourself. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And trust that there's some better thing going for you and that somebody's looking out for you. And I don't know how it all works or whatever, but just thinking, just having confidence that you can do stuff. You can do these hard things and you can make it through. And that's just, you know, I feel bad for like a lot of kids these days that are so depressed and whatever, because they think, you know, this is the end, this high school or whatever. Oh, my gosh, things change so much after that. And you go through so many things. There's so many good moments ahead, even That's in true. all the crap that you're going to just and I, my daughter Isabella is really good at this. She'll be in a really rough moment. And she's like, but I know that like next week, everything can just change and I'll feel better again. And I'm like, that's what you got to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. Is this something that you learned then from your mom? I would say you, my mom. Your mom? Okay. Yeah, I, I I attribute a lot of it to my mom. I remember when I was in college and my mom came to the door and my roommates were laughing because my mom's like, I've got this idea. And it was like late at night. And she's like, I got these old refrigerator boxes and we're going to go to Lindsay Gardens and go down. I heard you can go really fast on. Your mom came up with yes! this? Yes. And she's like That's older, great. you know, and I was That's laughing. Great. And so I was like, all right. So we got on these boxes, just she and I late at night. And she's like, 
later on, we joked about it. She's like, I could have killed myself at that age. I was like in my 50s then. And I'm, you know, I'm laughing. Such an old lady. But she, um, yeah, she just, there was always just stuff. She always did. She was always up for fun little things like that. And she just, yeah. And and she had a hard life. She had she had an um, a wonderful father, but he was an alcoholic. And she was an only child. And there was a lot she went through. And her takeaway from a lot of this was to, instead of, like, have this stuff bring her down and up, was to try to find the joy, the light, the happiness, even if it was the smallest things. And I think that's what she's instilled in me to do in my life. And that's been what I rely on. So, Rachel, watching you talk, well, listening to you, first of all, in that first podcast, talk about Carson and just your daily routine. Yeah. I mean, as you were explaining how you wake up and you feed him and then you get in the shower with him and you take a shower with him. Yeah. And, and now yeah. as he's grown. Now I don't do that. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, now that he's 18, Well, he's I don't a think I bigger. ever got in the shower with him. Like, but you I got wet. I mean, it was yeah, a, I would was, always get wet. You said that you yeah, would be yeah, completely. I would, yeah, I, I ended up buying one of those things that was like um, at a salon where they would, the coverings. Yeah, exactly. So Fully clothed. Wearing, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, Tammy. Yes, I did not mean this really to be a weird thing. It was really weird and creepy. I'm just kidding. I mean, you'd have to get in the water you'd have to yeah. help him. Yeah, and that's and... how it is today still. And the thing about that and the thing that people don't get is that he requires everything. So you are feeding him every meal. You're changing him. And he isn't, he has system because of his muscular dystrophy. He doesn't do a lot of the um, bowel movements on his own. So you're doing all that, helping him with enemas, different things like that. You're just hands-on 100% on everything he needs. So from the moment you wake up, so I am really good friends with the chiropractor over here. And I, I, yeah, and I just, you know, you just have to keep yourself going. And the Diet Coke definitely helps. I was laughing. I said to my mom the other day, I went and got a physical and I got the results and I am in perfect health, almost my kidneys, no cancer yet, all this stuff. So people who are giving me a hard time about all my Diet Coke drinking and all my sweets, I'm still not diabetic. Right, exactly. They <laughs> I'm don't like, realize. I am still going to live and it's enjoy the, these small it's things. It's the magic. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, just listening to mm. how physically challenging it can be. Yeah. And then at the same time, also looking at all of the things that you do. Yeah. In person yeah. That bring joy and find those moments of joy. That's what you got to do. Rachel, <laughs> just, I, was, I just remember thinking... My gosh, I need to do more. It really that <laughs> really so encouraged nice. me to step it up and get off the couch because I right. thought, you know, in life we're given a set of circumstances right. and much of it we can't control. Yeah. But the only thing we can control, like Viktor Frankl said in his book, is is our is our focus, right. is our ability to determine what we want to pay attention to. Yeah. And our attitude. Yeah. That's what I that's what I try to do. And I think even so um, I went to I was in the school district, but then I went to substitute teaching a couple of years ago. It just worked better even with COVID just because Carson's schedule would be all erratic with all that. And I people were like, will you come sub in um, functional skills or the special ed? And I'm like, you know, what? I'm not because it's it's burning it too much at both ends. Mm-hmm. I want to go into regular classroom. So I was doing a lot of fourth, fifth, sixth, and I love it. And that's also one of my things that bring me joy the kids, the conversations and things like that. So I found that to be something on the side that I've really enjoyed too, beyond just this life. You have to have other things besides being a caretaker. I mean, that's what my main focus is, obviously. You have to have that and other besides just work with the substitute teaching. I do stuff. I I will go to dinner with some of my friends or I, I love alone time. People laugh, but I love alone time as a caretaker, I guess. Having a 
Diet Coke, walking through home goods, doing some things on my own. I love that quiet time and just doing things like that. And I, I would say that is the biggest thing that I've tried to um, instill in people when they're younger and they find out they have kids with these needs. It's not only just date nights, you know, with your husband. That's all good and your friends, but you've got to have your own time. And it's not um, selfish for that oh, self-care. Absolutely. And I think some people right. get taught at a young age, unless you're doing stuff for people 24-7, um, you're, you're being selfish. Well, you you have to take care of you. Just like they say, you have to take care of you before you can take care of them. And I have other kids, you know, it's not like right. Carson's my yeah, only yeah. child. And so you, I just, I feel like people feel guilty if they're not doing that 24 seven and just always thinking about that. But you can't, you have to, uh, you have to make time for yourself. And that's a big one. Well, it's a big one. And what what I really admire is that it seems like from a distance, you've found yeah. good balance. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, it. it's something that we all struggle it. with. Yeah. And, and accepting help. And ex- exactly. <laughs> accepting help, but not only balancing, you know, work-life family, it's work-life self family. Yeah. Because yeah. you're right. There's got to be that quiet time to recharge your own battery. Mm-hmm. And it's not selfish at all. It's no. it's necessary. And it, and sometimes it's just really loud music in my car and driving and just feeling, you know, somewhat young again. I feel, you know, people are laughing because yeah. I'm almost 48 and I feel like I'm so much older than that just through everything. But I'm like, yeah, you have to just kind of feel young and carefree and and find those things sometimes so that you don't just get caught in the rut of of just worry. Well, because right, that's what exactly. it will do. You'll that just turn be... into worry and thinking and overthinking. And um, I'm prone to that overthinking. And so, yeah, you have to make sure that you find things to kind of break that up. I was listening to a motivational speaker and he was saying only more than once. Yeah. And and I it really it's resonated really nice, with me. Yeah. Rather than worry about everything that could, might, probably yeah. will, should happen, mm-hmm. just deal with it when it actually happens. And yes. then mourn it and, and have that moment and then move forward. Yeah. My sister and I and, were talking about that the other day, and she was saying, uh, the worst thing you can do is just look back and sit there and think and overthink about stuff. She so goes, true. I really try not to because... There's really, you have to just keep kind of moving forward. But I have to say, and I want to make sure that I say this just because Carson is like, I love Carson's sense of humor. He really does. He teases, he jabs, he does stuff and he tries to get my reactions on things. And he's just, he's hilarious to me. So like when we're driving together and things are happening and I'm talking and sometimes I'm sure all I do is talk probably because I'm just always noticing things and he's probably like oh my gosh you know (laughs) can you be quiet for two seconds but we just we have a good time together and it's not like I know he knows me and I know his spirit in there and I know a lot of what's going on what he's thinking before he thinks people are like how do you know that you just do obviously as a parent and you get to and you've been doing it your whole life with him well his whole life and so I just think, like, he is one of my best friends, honestly. We have we have the hardest moments we've ever had, but the best moments. And I just, I love that. I love that kid. And he's not a kid. And he's an adult. And uh, that's the other part. When he turned 18, we had to get guardianship over our own child because that's what you have to do when they turn 18. And you have to um, get, and we went through Social Security. So we've got him all set up for adulthood now. We found a good program for adults for after he's done with Vista, which is, um, it's like a four-year program that he gets to do now that's with the school district. 
So it kind of goes back to more of like a setting of elementary setting, but then they get to go out and do field trips more and things like that and into the community. But then after that, the worry was, oh man, I don't want them to ever have to go to an adult home. There's all these things that worried me. I want to be able to take care of them. And so we did find a place that he can go for a few hours each day. And that was a huge relief. I think a lot of the times I sat and thought, okay, what do we do this, this, this? And really when it comes time things can work out they do and you just and that's what i would say some people are like what do we do when this happens and so you will there's people around and if you let people help and you look you will get the help you need hopefully it's true it it really does seem to come and i was talking to someone else about uh making decisions in life yeah and just noticing that as i look back over my life when things seem to work out yeah. It's that that's when I know I'm on the right track. Not right. that it just magically happens. No. no. But but yeah. you know, you're researching and you're doing and things sort of just fall into place and your path y- y- the right people right are are you know, you're introduced to them or you meet them yeah. or And people, sometimes it's just seasons. And, and it's great. Exactly. I'll, I'll think of people where I'm like I really enjoyed, you know, working with that person or being around that person and and I'll see how that was instrumental in that time of my life and maybe we don't talk as much now or we just a message here or whatever. But I think that's how life is. People come in and out and maybe I've been that person for other people and it's just so good to acknowledge and realize that some things probably do work that way. To give you hope, too. You, you have been that person. Probably, gosh, maybe so. five-ish years ago, Yeah, I was sitting on the couch uh, playing Draw Something Yeah, with little online friends. I have no <laughs> idea, right? So right. I'm on an iPad playing Draw Something, showing my family, look, I just drew look Kermit the I Frog, made. and look how good it is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there. And Tammy, you can celebrate those I, I can celebrate those moments. <laughs> well, and I was dreading turning 50. Yeah. Because my entire yeah. life, I thought, okay, as soon as this I turn 50, it. my life's going to be over. It's going to suck. I'm going to basically be That's dead. It. And I'm sitting there on the couch playing this. And, and I had just had an interview with you. We had just talked. And I thought, you know what? There's more to life. There yeah. is more to life. And so, Rachel, honestly, having the, that conversation with you and just, look, oh, you know, connecting that. like that and just realizing what you do on a daily basis and the joy right. that you find through the process yeah. helped me to realize I have something to offer. You do. I do have something oh, to man, offer. I mean, why should I and, say that? Look at you now. Look well, how much has changed. But, but, even but it's having now. that little, yeah. little bit of hope of confidence to think that you yeah. might have something to offer. And so when you're talking about how, you know, how do you find your joy? Well, it's being confident in yeah. your path, confident in your decisions. Knowing that and, you are important. Right. And making something. yourself a priority. I think in this world that we live in, the lack of confidence and the self-doubt is so overwhelmingly oh, yes. powerful yes. as we look at social media and watch other people do things. Right. Um, that I think a lot of, we doubt ourselves. Oh, yeah. And so in talking yeah. to you, you've reminded me how important that is because honestly, you kind of planted that little glimmer oh. of hope and confidence in me thinking, I, and I told my family, I remember the, the moment it happened, I turned to my family, we're all sitting there on the couch, and I said, oh I meant for more. <laughs> I've got to do something besides play <laughs> draw something. Water. I mean, I, just, I think that's wonderful. But uh, yeah, I remember when you were running and I'm like, holy cow, good for her. <laughs> I mean, just things like that. I mean, I was very impressed. I was like, oh, she's you're a go-getter. Well, not not really. I know, not, look at that. not by nature, but Rachel, it's so people good. in your life yeah. that you meet yeah. that inspire you to just be a little bit more. Yeah. And no, you I really that. you really did that for me. Oh my gosh. Well, I appreciate that. You really did that. because huge... I mean, I'd been in your neighborhood, been a neighbor and a friend and kind of watched you more at a distance. Yeah. And had no idea 
where <laughs> yeah, what, yeah what your life was like yeah and so that's yeah, interesting well in the be- very beginning when i lived in that neighborhood i just remember i was asked at church one day will you come in and kind of talk about your son people are talking about you know their kids and the person before me was like well the hardest thing i'm dealing with is getting them to take a nap and i was just like oh my gosh <laughs> i'm gonna lose my mind the hardest thing i'm trying to do is get him to keep his head up he can't even hold his head up and yeah. he's almost you know yeah. but i get that because i've had to learn that too because i was that person you know what i mean everybody goes through things at different times and so when people are like oh my gosh, why am I complaining? Because you have this. Well, I look at other people's things and I'm like, I don't want that. You know what I mean? That's hard. I don't want to learn all that stuff either. So I laugh when people are like, they don't put me on a pedestal because you're on a pedestal for this. Mm -hmm. Everybody has things and everybody has things to offer and things to learn from. So... Well, and and I think the most important takeaway for anyone listening is that we don't know who's watching us. No. no. You know, we don't know who might be inspired by us sharing a story or smiling at somebody or... Right. Or, or just living our lives. Yeah. Just quietly going about living our lives. And doing those things, yeah. And and just doing it with joy as yeah. much as we possibly can. And I think that's what you got to do. You have to just realize that everybody's... I had one experience when he was in sixth grade where the teacher was horrified because one of the kids in his class pushed him out to go to recess. And she had turned around. She was pushing him. She turned around for two seconds to hold the door for someone else. And the little, the cute little girl pushed him over the stairs instead of down the ramp. Oh. <laughs> and so he went head first and she was so worried to call me. And I'm like, listen, he was okay. Everything was fine. I came over and we checked him out and all. He's good. But um, traumatized them and some of the kids out in the playground. <laughs> but other than that, so the next day I found this cast that he had when he was like five, when they had to um, do some stretching of his uh, tendons and things like that. And I put it on his arm as a joke and put it didn't fit right but I put him on the bus and they gave me the worst time but they said he came off the bus and my heart just sunk he had a broken arm and all this stuff and I was laughing I said that's not real (laughs) they were like we know now Rachel and I'm like I know but I just I'm always like these people that are out there helping and doing all this stuff they get so worried and they are some of the most amazing people there are some that need to retire need to be done mm-hmm. and whatever but there's a lot of amazing people that are out there to help you and i just want i just want these people to know how grateful i am and that everything it's a nerve-wracking place to be in the school system and to be helping some of these kids with all their things and different parents but I just want to instill a little bit of joking and joy and keep it a little bit more relaxed because sometimes all the intensity of what this disease is is just so much that you have to find funny little things and look for just, you know, odd, happy moments. And and just be joyful, right? Yeah, yeah. And these ladies have been my friends forever now. We ended up all working in one group in functional skills one year. But they're like, that was the worst thing that ever happened when he came off that bus. And I was like, really? I wish I'd have been there. I wish I someone wish had videoed that for me because I was so you. excited sending him. And they're like, you're terrible. Anyway. <laughs> but but, but yeah. The, Rachel, that's what life. so many people love about you. Oh your, your sense of humor well, because you are finding joy. And with Carson having a great sense of humor as well. Oh, he's so fun. That's incredible. Yeah, he's fun and he has his stuff. But I think I've spent a lot of time, like when people ask about other stuff, if I list all the things that he feels at times or the things he goes through and a lot of the self-hurt he does and things like that, it's really depressing and sad. And I try to, I don't candy coat everything because I don't like that. I like people to give me the facts. I like to deal with what's going on. But once you've uh, dealt with the facts, then let's just not focus on that on anymore because mm-hmm. that is just that's not helping anyone um, him people it's involved 
let's just look at what we can do now and move on and find ways to make it better. So. Well, you're inspiring to me. And I did meet and have the opportunity to record with Isabella. And oh, then, yeah. Because yeah. I was doing it myself, I cannot find Well, you don't need to recording. worry. She was, I feel so bad well, about that. Well, it's no big deal. And the thing is, is she's changed so much since then. I think she would almost rather do it now. have done it now okay. than then. Because she has learned so much. She's gone to college now and she's been away. And she's got, she's a totally different person. I just look up to all the stuff she's accomplished she's and everything incredible. she's done as being a hands-on mom to him all those years and all this stuff that happens when you're a sibling, which is rough, wonderful and rough. Mm-hmm. And so I look at her now and I think you would probably, she's like a totally different person. Oh, yeah. Mature. Yeah, and she yeah. was always and, and the hindsight and, and all that. Yeah. So. Anyway, it's it's neat. I mean, she's well. What's been really cool about the whole experience, just as I observe, is probably the things that your kids have learned. Yeah, from Carson. Yeah, because there are things that there's a compassion. Let me say one more time. Yeah, (laughs) but it's true (laughs) that they have that. You can't. That's that's true. I think Isabella used to always get placed next to other kids. They're like. Isabella just seems to have this thing. So we've had her kind of work with this kid. or And I'm laughing because some of them don't know about Carson because I had him at separate schools on purpose because I didn't so want smart. her to be a second mom to him at school, too. I wanted her to have her life and things like that separated because she spent way too much time worrying about him all the time anyway. So I would say, well, you know, she does have a brother. And they're like, I would have seen how that makes sense because she's so caring and so helpful. Just and I, because of the way she yeah. is. Yeah, and so I neat. think those two and their relationship, it's been, yeah, it's phenomenal for both of them. So, yeah. Well, anyway, how's she doing? She's doing great. She's going to graduate from uh, Utah State um, this fall. She's done. Good she's wrapped it up, and she almost doesn't want to leave. So she says, well, I'm going to stay here till uh, the end of spring. Yeah, she's, she's got jobs, and she she's been it. working up there. Um on on uh, campus and stuff like that. So yeah, she's doing well. That's great. Figure things out. Yeah. Well, so tell us what the future for Carson looks like. So now he's you found okay, a facility. So the first, yeah. So um, so we found this place that he will be at, and that is like he he'll go there in the summers right now, and he just goes for uh you know like five hours in a day a few times a week in the summer. It's not anything major, but after in like four years from now when Vista's up, that would be like his main day program just for daytime. Um, his dad and I we we aren't together, but we have our own families now, and we do have fifty fifty custody. He has a great family over there, a great family at our house, so we will all just try to um keep everything to continue yeah we're just gonna go as long as we can and you know make sure his needs are met and i think our biggest thing is hoping we can just keep him in our homes and i think sometimes that 50 50 is really awesome because it does give you i mean even when we have our weeks off i always tell people i'm never off even when it's 50 50 i'm never off and also on his weeks off i see him three times a week on his weeks off and things like that you know what i mean we do like a midweek dinner so, because oh, neither of us want to be apart from him that long, you know oh, what I mean. We both love parents. him to death, and we want to do what we can. So, even on your supposedly yeah, weeks off, you're always seen. And I take him to special needs primary still on Mondays, no matter what on those weeks. And even though he's past primary, luckily they let you do that as long as you want because he loves great. all the songs and all that stuff. But um, yeah. So I think we'll just keep going and then just keep his health going. And I joke because I've had COVID twice this past year. The One of the worst cases was a year ago. Really? And then I had it again in the summer, smaller case. And Carson has been, I mean, this was my worry was that something would happen with him. 
I'm starting to think he's the carrier, the secret carrier, because he's never get he's never really? gotten it. Thank heavens! Did he get? I've tested him a million times. Really? Yeah, and I have to. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, a- I've had all. Yeah, and the thing is, is I wasn't huge on the immunization thing. I was like, but because of my mom being 80 and taking care of her, mm-hmm. and then Carson, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this to just because and i have a factor five which is a blood clotting disease so when they were saying well you can clot easier if you get this and i'm like oh my gosh where do you go but i think at one point you just it's all personal for everybody blah Mm -hmm. blah blah but yeah i got it twice and that's the other thing with special needs you become sick and you still have to take care of them you're still their caretaker so you just have to really just yeah it's just life. You get used to it, and that's just how it is. But you're so glad for a year where they're healthier. And he's done pretty well. He's had Good pneumonia twice um, in the past years of his life because, you know, he's getting older and muscles. It's a muscle disease, and so they weaken more. But he's actually usually been a pretty healthy kid. So we're just going to hope for the best and keep going. I love your social media. Oh, my <laughs> Rachel, I love my mother. She's like, this is my mom's 80 and she has a great sense of humor, but she's like this. I look down your post and I'm like, oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, hide. I hate that. I love it. I love it. Yuck. Please don't post stuff like that. And I'm like, mom, I am. She's like, you were the most array of different ideas. And I'm like, I know. And that's just how my brain works. Well, and it's uh, sounds inappropriate. I'm not kidding. You have pulled me out of the depths of depression at times. I'm not even kidding when I say that. Well, you really have. I appreciate it. When I look for a pick me up, I will look. I will look for your your posts. <laughs> well, I'm I, glad. I love the posts of Carson laughing on a swing. Oh yes, being joyful yeah. in a car. Right, because I it's want people so to neat. see that you know, special needs, and they've done such a good job in the school district and that too, and making this more norm and mainstream, getting them into classrooms. But just let the people see that these kids have a lot to offer and are happy and do a lot of the same things other people right, do. They're normal. They're, yeah. they're they're children. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and should be well, I appreciate that, that. I mean, I have fun. I'll find certain things. And sometimes people are like, I was looking for that one. Where is it? I said, well, I took it off. Because sometimes I'm really, like, adventurous. And then I'm like, I got to go to work tomorrow in oh, some classroom. This, this might be a little over the top. I joke a little bit. But people who know me know me well Absolutely. enough to know that it's all just kind of fun and games. And it's not all related to how I'm feeling at the moment or, like, my life. But I've been at probably some of those points at different points in my life. And there's someone at that point right now who may need that. (laughs) And that's the thing where we just don't know what people need. But if we're inspired to do something, I think we should do it. Yeah. Um, your yeah. post sometimes I do cringe at times. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. Rachel, I cannot well, believe you posted that. Why did you that. put that on but, there? But most of the time, it's like you're living in my head, <laughs> yeah. and I and I write that on your post because you are so so funny. Well, I, I love your sense it. of humor. Well, it's 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 good. It's good to laugh. It it is yeah. good good to laugh. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate all you've said too, and carry on, right? Yeah, carry on. All right, that's our message. Okay. <laughs>